0: As the Denver Broncos prepare for mandatory minicab this week, we take a look at three players who could be sleepers for the active roster, maybe ahead of the regular season. We'll dive deeper then, and we'll tell you why on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for taking time out of your day to tune in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And shout out to all the everydayers out there as well. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage and more every single day. All year long, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. And as mandatory minicamp kicks off this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Dove Valley, we're going to take a little bit of an early look because there's so much that happened between minicamp Throughout training camp in the preseason, but they can look right now a little bit early in the offseason at some potential sleepers that are on the roster already. Could they maybe make the roster when the season comes around? It's a great question to throw out there. So, Sarah, I mean, let's kind of kick off the conversation here with a guy who is an undrafted rookie free agent last year for the Broncos who made the roster, who we saw in the preseason make some explosive plays downfield. Anytime you threw the ball his way, good things happen. And that is Jalen Virgil, who has a chance as well in a deep-loaded wide receiver room right now. He's going to have his work cut out for him, but he is a potential sleeper here on this roster. He is, Cody, and it's going to be exciting to see what he can do in his second NFL
1: offseason right after we saw him go out and make play after play in the preseason last year, forced his way onto the roster, really did a great job. And I think when he got his opportunities you and I were kind of like, wait, why hasn't this guy been getting more opportunities, right? It wasn't just the big play against the Titans, although that was kind of the proof of concept of like, (laughs) man, get Jalen Virgil some more snaps, get him some more opportunities. This guy can really fly. And I think that's the one thing that sets him apart. He is a sleeper at this point, I would say, even though he did make the roster last year because, well, you got Tim Patrick coming back. You added Marvin Mims into the mix. You've got other guys out there. But as of right now, with obviously Marquez Callaway is another one out there playing wide receiver for the Broncos now. But Jalen Virgil has a chance in this offseason, I think, to kind of go from being sleeper to like a solidified piece of the roster. Right. I mean, there's yeah, it kind of feels like maybe those top six spots at wide receiver are are full. If you count KJ Hamler in there, but Cody right now, it's kind of I mean, Marquez Calloway, is he a lock? I would say probably, but at the same time, it's like, okay, where, where can somebody like Jalen Virgil kind of fit into this conversation? Because I think there has to be one last year. It kind of felt like, well, the Jalen Virgil's of the world, the Brandon Johnson's of the world, the even the Kendall Hinton's of the world going to be tough for those guys to make it on this Denver Broncos roster. And they all three played pretty crucial roles throughout last season. So Maybe these wide receivers—it feels deeper than you would maybe, I guess, be able to project other guys on the roster like a Jalen Virgil. But maybe, maybe there's a spot for him.
0: And that's a hard conversation right now to have because when you look at it on paper, the depth—it's just like, oh, like where is he going to fit in? And and I think the larger conversation needs to be had here is when you look at guys like Brandon Johnson, Kendall Hinton, and you factor in Jalen Virgil, maybe even little Jordan Humphrey. We're going to throw him in there. Guys like Montreal Washington, some other names that are out there. Like what? how can these guys separate themselves from one another? I will say this, though. I don't know if many Broncos fans recall, but Jalen Virgil actually stepped into a pivotal role on special teams as a gunner, had a couple of tackles and was consistent. He was making his hay more so on special teams than he was at wide receiver. So to me, there is value there. I mean, he has speed, Sarah. I mean, let's be very frank about that. He's probably got some speed on the team alongside guys like Marvin Nims and K.J. Hamler, that it's just like, all right, I, I don't know if there's anybody else on the team that is as fast as Jalen, KJ, Marvin Mims at this point as well. I don't know where Montreal Washington maybe fits into the mix here, but those are the top three guys on this team right now that are probably projected to be the fastest, and they all maybe kind of play a little bit of a similar role in terms of play style, size, and, and stature of that nature there. So for a guy like Russell Wilson, look, you get Corland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you have Tim Patrick, KJ Hammond, I'm going to throw him in there, Marquez Calloway, there's five guys who are legitimate options there. Marvin Mims, who's obviously going to have a key role this season. Uh, aside from that, this is where Jalen Virgil, I, I mean, really throughout OTAs and, and mini camp and then coming up in training camp, he's going to have to stack. And, and all these guys I feel like we're going to talk about, they have to stack good performances on top of one another, not just in practice, but also in preseason games in order to really stand out. Now, there is the opportunity that the practice squad is available, but you know, for a guy like Jalen Virgil, who the Broncos last year, Sarah, they feared that if they released him, some other team would pick him up and he made the 53-man roster. Maybe, maybe that's not the situation this year around the NFL, right? But then again, there are teams who are always watching for cuts in the preseason specifically. Jalen Virgil, like I said, he has to continue to make plays on special teams and he has to make plays once again in preseason on the offensive side of the ball. And
1: let's just say that does happen, right? Let's say he starts going out there making big plays once again. Putting him in that conversation of guys like we've seen, like even just him last year, but other guys in recent years, Cody, where we're just like, remember Trinity Benson a couple years back? Everyone's like, well, the Broncos just can't cut him, right? There's no way they can cut him. He's obviously made the team. We had him put in our our rosters on Sharpie, and then all of a sudden, you trade him to Detroit. And I'm not saying you trade Jalen Virgil. But maybe you start to consider the beyond 2023 situation here. Look, Jalen Virgil is going to be under contract for a couple more years as a former undrafted free agent signing. They get the three year deals, right? And they get obviously the restricted free agency or exclusive rights, depending on if you balance up and down at all. But he's basically the point is he's under team control. So if the Broncos see him go out there and start making a bunch of plays, did they then start looking at players who aren't in their 2024 plans? and maybe start to float those guys' names out there in trade talks and let Jalen Virgil steal a roster spot. I think that's the part of this, like, we, we, you see, Cody, if you're watching us, us on YouTube, you see we're in these boxes here. If we expand the box a little bit and we start to think outside this box of, like, well, Jalen has to either be one of the top six guys or he's not making the team, what if the team's, like, he is a top six guy and this guy that you didn't think, maybe a Sutton or a Tim Patrick, they're going to get traded because Jalen is such a big part of what we want to do, not just now, but going into the future. It's kind of a, it's a conversation that you don't necessarily want to have because you don't want to see those guys. You want to see all these guys make the team and be able to contribute and be able to keep your best guys on the practice squad. Like I get that, but what happens if, right? Those are the big question marks, I think. So that's why he's a sleeper, right? That's why, that's why we're talking about this because He didn't make enough plays last year to say guaranteed top six receiver on the team. But at the same time, he made enough plays last year where you're like, hmm, is he a top six player uh, at wide receiver on the team? That's why I think he's one of the most intriguing guys on the roster.
0: Uh, You know, Appalachian State, they produce some really, really talented players in the NFL level. So we'll see what what is in store here for Jalen. Obviously, after making the 53 man roster during his rookie season, it's all about the path, right? And, and even Sean Payton will always go back to it. It says it's not about your path in terms of how you got here. Now that you're here, make the most of the opportunity. So my eyes this week during mandatory minicap, I'm going to keep my eye on Jalen Virgil a little bit as the Broncos go through practice at the Centura Training Center in Dove Valley. we well, have you covered every step of the way Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as well for post-OTA recaps, mandatory minicap recaps as well. You get all that here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. We're going to continue our conversation on potential sleepers on the Broncos roster right now on the 90-man roster overall. we maybe take a look at the tight end position and look at that position all across the board. Does it make sense for this next guy to maybe make the roster? We'll talk about that a little bit more on today's brand-new episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Have the Denver Broncos found a potential sequel to the Eric Saubert era, Cody? I think... You know, Eric Salbert was one of those guys that you could have considered him over the last couple of years the ideal, the maybe the quintessential even, roster sleeper. Now that he's moved on, obviously, to the Miami Dolphins, he's going to be playing for Mike McDaniel, and oh, Vic Fangio, obviously, is there as well. It's going to be interesting to see how exactly the Broncos replace him. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, you're listening to this, you're like, well, the Broncos signed Chris Manhurts. They traded for Adam Troutman. They've got, obviously, Albert O, oh, and they've got Greg Dulcich. But I'm here to tell you that the potential replacement for Eric Salvert is this guy who tried out for the team at rookie minicamp initially, got signed a couple weeks later. His name is Tommy Hudson, Cody, and I think he's one of those top sleepers on the Denver Broncos roster in 2023. We don't talk about him much on the show. Heck, we may not have even brought him up up until this point. So, you know, kudos to Tommy Hudson. we we're we're joining the club here. I want to see what this guy can do, Cody. He's got some NFL experience, played a little bit for the Titans, and he's got a specific skill set that I think could really lend towards him potentially getting onto the regular season 53-man roster.
0: And that's where everything right now is super important, like mini-camp, training camp, preseason. These reps matter because I think it's easy for us to say right now, okay, hey, Greg Dolcich is going to be a major part of the Broncos offense this upcoming season. He's probably the one guy you can consider as a lock, but I also look at maybe everybody else at the tight end position. I mean, realistically everyone's on a one-year contract outside of Greg Dulcich, if I'm not mistaken. So there is competition, there's moving pieces and how many tight ends will Sean Payton keep on his active roster this upcoming season? You know, there's going to be competition between man and Troutman and Albert O and now, Tommy Hudson. But here's the thing Tommy Hudson, as you mentioned, he does have some size to him where he can kind of be a little bit of an all around player. He's a guy who can block, play a little bit of that wing type role, and also play inline. You can maybe put him on the outside, but I think his strengths are really suited to being an inline guy or an offset wing where you can bring him back underneath the formation and on top of that. He can be a guy who plays a lot on special teams. You need big bodies like that to be able to run down there. And also in your return game, you need guys to be able to help set up returns for your return option there. We'll see how much maybe returns change this year in terms from a kick return standpoint, because of the new rule that has been passed. I can tell you this, it's hard, I imagine, to try to coach that. You know, especially if you want a good return. All you have to do, if someone tries to pin you, which hey, this actually, this rule change actually benefits the Broncos there because of all the times. Where teams kick the ball short to force Denver to return, you can just, hey, bear a catch, bang, 25 yard line. All right, there you go. I mean, that the strategy on it, it's frustrating for a special teams coordinator. But, you know, if you're not a very good return team, which Denver has not been a good return team for quite some time, then it makes it a little bit of an easier task to maybe, hey, we can overcome this with this. But for Tommy Hudson, his size has been on display during Broncos OTAs. As you mentioned, he's not a guy we've really talked about much here on the podcast because really the focus has been on Greg Dulcich, Albert O, Adam Troutman, um, and, and just even Chris Manhurst as well. For me, I don't know how it's going to play out, especially when you consider Denver also has a fullback on the roster as well, Michael Bol- Michael Burton. I almost said Michael Bolton there, but no, oh, Burton. Yeah. So on top of there, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I have a hard time seeing him making the active roster, but... He does have the size and he does have some of the physical traits to make the roster, though. So that's why I think he's perfect to be deemed a sleeper candidate here for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball.
1: And I go back to a comment that Sean Payton made a few weeks back, Cody, where he said something to the effect of, you know, we we don't want to have guys here at our mini camp or training camp or whatever and let those guys go and then see them go off and have success elsewhere and I think with that quote and context in mind, it kind of amplifies the signing of Tommy Hudson just a little bit, right? Because, well, the Broncos did let him go. They they tried him out a few weeks back at the, I believe it was that initial rookie minicamp. He came in as one of those veteran tryout players and the Broncos let him go. And it was, it was a couple weeks in between that they decided, eh, you know what? We better bring that guy in. I think that speaks kind of volumes to the fact that they just maybe they were dwelling on it they're like ah, I really liked what that guy did or I think he's got the ability to bring this to our offense or our special teams or both it's kind of one of those interesting things right it's it's like the sobert pickup back a couple years ago where it was kind of like oh yeah he's gonna be there you know I, he knows the tight ends coach Wade Harmon right I mean it was just like any obscure connection we could find to be like oh yeah that's it's interesting that he's here and then all of a sudden we see him play and he's like wow Saubert might actually be one of our better like blocking yeah. tight ends. And then all of a sudden he gets on the roster and all of a sudden he's playing a crucial role in the regular season. And then last year playing all 17 games, right? So I'm not saying Tommy Hudson's going to come in here and start all 17 games by any means, but hey, I mean, look at, he he can block. And you, you go on Twitter, search his name in there, click on the videos tab, you're going to see footage of him pass protecting. You're going to see footage of him paving the way for Derrick Henry in Tennessee, you're going to see footage of him making a play after the catch. I mean, there's little pieces, little nuggets there. When he got opportunities, he made the most of them. So I'm kind of digging this guy, Cody, as a bit of a sleeper for the Broncos roster right now.
0: No, oh, and I think the thing about Sobert as well, going back to that point, going if, remember in preseason, he was making these catches yards after catch. He was a hard guy to bring down because of his size. And we're like, hey, who is this guy? Yeah, maybe, maybe Tommy Hudson could emerge to be maybe that guy for the Broncos here. But I think the biggest thing is, is he is going to have to beat out Alberto. He's going to have to beat out Chris Manhurts. He's going to have to beat out Adam Troutman here if they want the job. And I maybe we also need to take a step back here and say, OK, considering the injuries that have impacted the Broncos tight end position in the last couple of years, could Denver maybe keep four guys on there? And if so, can he be one of the top four? Greg Dulcich, in my opinion, is a lock for the roster. So, everything else right now behind Dulcich is really up for grabs. Everything is competition based here going forward. And so for Tommy Hudson, he's a young guy. Now for the Broncos pro personnel department, they obviously had him in, they had, you know, the trial, as you mentioned, but they also had him on the radar in a sense of saying, Hey, can this guy help us in this department? You look at maybe Sean Payton, how well he studies the game, how well he knows tight ends. What is it specifically that a guy like Sean Payton sees, In Tommy Hudson, if I get the chance, I'll ask him this week at Broncos practice uh, after it concludes and when he does his press conference. What was it that you saw in Tommy Hudson and and maybe just his overall forecast of the tight end position going into training camp? Because, hey, this is it. Mandatory minicamp this week. You get three days of practice and then you're off for about 40 days or something along those lines. And then it is training camp time. And from that point, everything's going to be very busy, very hectic here for us. Very hectic for everybody in Broncos country, but the excitement is creeping up here once again for everybody in Broncos country.
1: It is, Cody, man. Just you even talking about that, I can already picture in my head just talking about day one training camp observations. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't wait. So I'm excited. But you know what? The interim, the in-between, that's going to be exciting here as well because you and I both know, and, and for the everydayers, the everyday listeners of the show, they know, like, we we call this time of year separation season. That's when we want to bring our best possible content, and that's why we're talking about guys like Tommy Hudson and Jalen Virgil and, hey, maybe a sleeper defensive back that you need to kind of just keep in the back of your mind here as the Broncos build this new-look defense under Vance Joseph.
0: We continue the conversation here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Perfect tease there by Sarah Bettinger about a Broncos defensive back. You'll get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you to check out the Locked on Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Ades, and Matt Moore on Monday, it will be Game 5 of the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets are up 3-1 against the Miami Heat. Can they close it out at home? Can they win their first ever NBA championship in front of a jam-packed ball arena? Make sure you tune in to the Locked On Nuggets podcast for all the preview and lead up to the game. And after the game, for all the recap, will the Denver Nuggets be the 2023 NBA champions? Check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast to find out and more. This next player that we're going to talk about on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, in terms of looking at potential sleepers on this roster right now who are currently on the roster, who maybe can make a little bit of noise and make the regular season roster when the time comes. Someone we're going to have our eyes on during training camp, during the preseason. That's what you're going to get here on Locked On Broncos. Real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, Let's talk about this player right here, Jaquan McMillan at the cornerback position. Why might he be a sleeper at the position? And I think some people, when they hear that we've said, hey, Jaquan McMillan is a sleeper, they're going say, well, he started a game last year for the Broncos in the regular season. He did start. He started in an impact game. You know, for the Broncos, it's like, hey, get, you don't, don't get swept in the AFC West. Get your first AFC West win of the season. But more importantly, you're playing the Los Angeles Chargers, who for some dumb reason— decided to play their starters in a game when they already had seating and the playoffs already locked up at that point. Jaquan McMillan drew the task of covering a guy like Mike Williams and he held his own. We could even make the argument, got robbed of an interception in that very game. So how might Jaquan McMillan be a sleeper here on this roster? I think a lot of people are going to forget about that performance, right? And it's not that it wasn't a performance worth remembering. It's just, Hey, last year really doesn't matter. Now with Sean Payton coming into the mix here for the Broncos, Anything that happened last year, as Sean Payton said, it's in the rearview mirror. So how can Jaquan McMillan maybe solidify himself as a guy who can s- establish himself as a key depth option at that position? And maybe even a guy who can start at some point if you need to. We've already seen he stepped up It's small sample size, but he did a pretty dang good job there, all things considered. So, Sarah, Jaquan McMillan being a potential sleeper in this situation here for the Broncos, do you... What stands out about him and why might he be a sleeper in your eyes?
1: I just, for Cody, for those who are listening only and not watching, I just reached around back behind me and I grabbed the ball. I got my hands on the ball. That's what Jaquan (laughs) McMillan does exceptionally well. He gets his hands on the football. Uh, A boatload of interceptions at East Carolina became an All-American as a cornerback at East Carolina, which, man, That's not easy to do, right? You got all these power five colleges and all these five-star players to go up against. Not to mention, he's what, 5'9", 5'10"? He's not the biggest guy out there, but you know what? He gets his hands on the ball. And you know as a defensive back, Cody, you get your hands on the ball, I mean, you could play. You could play for a while. If you can get your hands on the ball consistently, make plays on the ball, you got those instincts. That's what we saw against the Chargers, right? It wasn't just the great matchup that he had in an opportunity at the end of a regular season against Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or whoever was out there for the chargers. It was the fact that he went out there and he utilized those ball skills, those ball skills, those instincts attacking the football with confidence. You can do that. You can play inside or out at the NFL level. You can play for uh, pretty much any scheme, right? So he, I'm not saying Chris Harris, junior Cody, but I'm saying, I mean, this is a type of guy who has that kind of confidence in himself, at the position. He believes when the ball is in the air, he can get to it. He can make a play on it. And he did it consistently in college. And then one, he got one opportunity as an NFL rookie last year. He got one shot. And what did he do? He did a lot of the same, right? And he should have had a pick six in that game on a brilliant interception, which yeah. you and I are never going to let go on this show. We're going to say it till we're blue in the face. So I know you've gotten to see Jaquan out there at OTAs. I I I think the listeners would love to know how if he's been impressive. I know you can only tell us so much, but yeah, how has he looked as in his second year now and with Christian Parker again as his DBs coach?
0: I think it's big that Christian Parker is back for a guy like Jaquan because you have the advocacy and they're carrying over a lot of the same terminology. That way, it makes it easier for you know the guys on the field coverage wise to know. Okay, hey, we have similar terms, but this is what it's going to look like under Vance Joseph's defensive coordination now. On top of that, I will say this, too, about Jaquan. I mean, he has. I will say he has demonstrated the ability to play on the outside. He's demonstrated the ability to play on the inside as well. And you know this as well as I do, considering, you know, some of the injuries. Look, Kwon played banged up last year. He's one of the toughest guys on the team. But, you know, if you lose him to an injury, okay, you have another guy like a Sang Bassey, right? You also have a guy like Jaquan McMillan, who has already proven he can step in. You have two guys there, in my opinion, number 34 and number 35, who can play that role inside the slot if you need them to do just that. And you have a, a guy in Jaquan McMillan and in the event Damari Mathis were to get hurt or anyway, you have a guy who can go in and start there. Now, for me, I think the bigger question is, okay, with the draft addition of Riley Moss, does this maybe change the optics on a guy like Jaquan McMillan? I say, yes, it does, because you bring in a guy, you draft a guy in round number three. That means you really do have some pretty big expectations for him. Maybe not necessarily right away as a rookie in terms of the defensive side of the ball, but it just makes it even harder now for a guy like Jaquan and some of the other guys on the back end of cornerback roster. Another guy we could even mention is a potential sleeper, Delonte Hood, who was on the roster toward the end of last season for Denver and has been making some plays as well during OTA practices. So for me, you have to have cornerback depth. You and I have talked about this specifically. Hey, Sertan's great. You don't necessarily have to worry about anywhere where Sertan is lined up on the field. Damari has proven to be a starter in the NFL. He had a pretty good you know, rookie season. Can he carry that over here in a year two? You have a veteran guy in Tremont Smith who, you know, I think the optics, you don't really expect him to play much in terms of in the rotation. So that's where guys like Jaquan McMillan, Riley Moss, these guys really are going to compete for those next reps to be in the rotation here on the defensive side of the ball for Denver. Jaquan, I think with his ability to play, and not only that, despite him being five foot nine, be able to play big against a guy like Mike Williams, who how many times, Sarah, have we seen him rise up above defenders, smaller guys in particular, and just make them look foolish. Jaquan understands how to get in position, how to get in phase, and time things perfectly. And he did that in that game against the Chargers. Now, he's going to have to, what the next game that he plays, whether it's the preseason, whether it's the regular season, whatever you may have, he's going to have to continue to build on that because you can't just live off of last year's game. There is impressiveness there. That's when you watch it, and Sean Payton watches the film, you say, this guy has potential, but I want to see if he can continue to do just that. I'll go back to the point that I just made as well. I do think having Christian Parker back is so big for a guy like Jaquan McMillan because Parker has been instrumental since he's been in Denver under three different coaching staffs now in developing the cornerback position, developing those players at not only at cornerback, but also at safety as well.
1: And that's going to be, like you said, really big for his advocacy to make the roster, right? Because I'm guessing, I don't know this for a fact, but, I would be willing to bet that Christian Parker is going to have some type of influence in how that roster is constructed in terms of the defensive backfield. Because why? We've mentioned this before on the show, but you really want to make sure the best position coaches that you have, you want to make sure that those guys have guys on the roster and on the practice squad that they can pour into and develop. We've seen rapid development from guys like Pat Tan, and and Caden Stearns and Damari Mathis and a host of other young players at the position we've also seen guys that were in Denver before Christian Parker getting a lot better since he got there so that's something that I think you really need to make sure you do is and let him help you invest in these guys by helping you pick the guys that you keep on the team not saying he's going to pick the 53 man roster I'm not saying he's even going to pick all 10 or 11 defensive backs what I am saying is I think if you're talking about back-end guys, you're talking about somebody like a Jaquan McMillan, and you're talking about, is this guy one of 53? I think Christian Parker's opinion should weigh heavily in that, and I think Jaquan McMillan stands a really good shot as of right now. If he can progress from
0: year one, I think he might become uncuttable before we know it. Broncos country, do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you comment down below. Interact with other members in Broncos country as well. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you tweet us on Twitter at Cody working a at Sarah Bedinger, at locked on Broncos for all you, everydayers out there tomorrow's episode of the show, what you can expect from Sarah and myself, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about three players that are currently on the Broncos roster who have the biggest odds right now stacked against them going into next season in terms of making it onto the active roster. We'll dive deep into that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode locked on Broncos.